You're listening to Run, Are You Win? Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Well, hello, everyone. Here we are again, and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gray, and of course, we're going to talk about revival. And I'm in the book of Haggai today, and uh, it's a great description of why we need revival. Look at this. It's just, and it's like, who are we today? It's written right here. Now, this is what the Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Uh, And uh, so basically he's saying, you're living a life of disappointment. And I thought about that and I thought, well, that's kind of how we are today in our own society. They were that way. You know, he's telling them, you have plenty. I mean, it's not they don't have food to eat. It's not that they don't have money. It's not they don't have things. But what they don't have is satisfaction. There's disappointment. They expected much, but they got little. Have you ever felt that way? That's kind of what happens in our society today. You know, people, they expect a lot out of life and marriage and jobs and and uh, then, but it just doesn't turn out. They just get disappointment uh, sets in. And then when that disappointment sets in, then we lose our sense of expectations. And, and uh, a lot of people make decisions out of disappointment. And it's just whatever, whatever's going on in their lives is just not enough. And so here the Lord is saying, give careful attention to your ways and what's happening. Because you have things, but it's whatever's going on, it's just not enough, is it? You're not satisfied, you're not filled, and you're living in disappointment. And so then he begins to have them think about this a little bit. And he says, take a look at God's house. All right. And uh, he says, look at God's house. Look at the temple. Look at God's house. And he says, it's, it's a mess. Let me tell you what happened. See, these are, these are uh, times when they were captured and taken away. And now they've come back. And the people of God have come back. And uh, Jerusalem had been, you know, destroyed and everything. Well, when they came back, they took care of themselves. They all built themselves houses. And they went up to the mountains and got wood and built their house. And they just let God's house stay in, in ruins. And, uh, you know, so it looked terrible. And, uh, but they were satisfied to build their own houses. And like I said, they, had, they got the money going again and got the stuff going again. And they had plenty of everything they needed. And they just couldn't figure out what was wrong. What was wrong? Something's missing, and they couldn't figure out what it was. And they had forgotten about taking care of God's house, and it was still a a mess. And it's sort of like that today. You know, church has lost its impact in our society. It's just, to, to most people, church is just not that important. I'm not saying it's not important at all, but, you know, it's lost its sacredness, um, the, the fear of the Lord has gone out the window. And uh, now it, it appears to me that church has turned into just equal to like soccer and school and piano lessons. And then there's church. And you know what I'm saying? Got all these things that we do during the week. We go to church, but we go to soccer. We go to 
tap dance or whatever. I don't know if people still take tap dance, but anyway, uh, you know, and so what would happen if we would begin to elevate the house of God, elevate church, coming together as the church, the church, and uh, begin to have that reverence and that awe and make church a priority above sports and soccer and meetings and PTA and all that stuff, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're living with that disappointment, not satisfaction, uh, no satisfaction, and like there's just something missing and all that, could it be possible that this is a prophetic word to even our day that if we would put God's house in a higher priority and not just put it with everything else, in fact, it was lower than everything else, because most of us, we, you know, we take care of our house, we fix our house, we take care of our houses, and then as a priority, and then church is just, you know, it's just a lower level than it ought to be. And I remember uh, when I... You know, I used to travel a lot, not too many years ago, just a few years ago. And uh, I would go into churches and just see how low a reverence level they would have. And I remember a particular church, they had a, you know, a praise band. And uh, they had a row up there of, uh, I think it was, you know, they had a big praise band. They had these brass instruments, you know. <laughs> and they had, a, you know, had a trumpet player, a couple of trumpet players. And they had a trombone player. And I remember a trombone player, he's playing, and then he didn't play every second, and he'd stop and put his trombone down on a stand, and then he, he leaned his chair back, you know, during the song, and then he, all of a sudden, he, he reached down, and he got a big cup, it looked like Kool-Aid or something, big orange drink or something, and he leaned back, and he took a big old drink of his orange drink, and he just sat, then he put it down, and then he waited, and then, oh, yeah, it's time to play again, he'd pick up his trombone and play, and you could tell this was not an important moment in his life life. <laughs> and I remember then when I was a kid, you know, it was a priority. When, once uh, I told the story before, when my, once my dad got saved in the Nazarene church when I was a kid, church became a priority and they had church three times a week. And we, once he got saved, we never missed a service. We were at every single service. And on Saturday night, I remember back then when I was a kid, you had, you know, our family, type of fan. We had two pair. I had two pairs of shoes. You know, you had play shoes or maybe they were called school shoes. And then you had church shoes. And every Saturday night, then I'd get out my church shoes and, and uh, get out the shoe polish and I'd polish up my shoes uh, for church. And you know, you could say, God doesn't care whether my shoes are scuffed up or not, but just doing the act of doing something saying tomorrow is a special day. I shine my shoes for God. I shine my shoes because there's something sacred about what's coming up tomorrow. Just made that day something special that causes, I believe, a blessing upon the people of God or, the, or on our family at least. When we begin to elevate the house of God and elevate the church of God. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because I believe this has something to do with revival and bringing the power and presence of God. So people talk a lot about revival while they continue to keep the church on equal level with everything else in the world, everything they like, you know, like I said, sports or, or uh, just things they do or hunting or, or uh, you know, going out to eat and having meetings and things like that. And so we need to, in my opinion, we need to elevate the church. Church comes first, and it's the most important time of anything we do is when we gather together as God's people. So the people here in, in, in the book here, in Haggai's day, they, they were like we described. They had this emptiness. 
they were disappointed. It, it, says, it says that, that you eat, but you never have enough. It doesn't mean they ran out of food. It means it was doing nothing for them. It just wasn't, you know, they never got filled. And it's all the descriptions, it's just life was not working. And they didn't know why. And they were taking care of themselves, but they neglected God's house and left it in ruins. And guess what it says over here? So God says, you know what I've been doing? He says, I have closed up the heavens because of that. I closed up the heavens because you got all the wood together and, and wood was hard to find in those areas. And you've got all the wood together and you've used it all on your own houses and you haven't even thought about my house, God's house. And so uh, he said, so I closed up the heavens. Well, what, what, what do we want for a revival? What do a lot of people describe revival? We want an open heaven, right? We want the heavens to open and God come down in his glory and his presence and the increase of the manifestation and the presence of God, just that supernatural increase that God's just in the house, you know? And, and uh, that's what we're talking about when we talk about revival. But here it says God just closed it up. Because his house had been so neglected, and, and he describes that. And, and, and not only that, then he says other things are not working right for you in the field and, and, the, and the olive oil and all the stuff he begins to describe. He says, it's just not working for you. because And he says, it's me. God says, I'm doing it. And we don't think of God that way, being that active in our lives. He says, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it because you're neglecting my house. Well, guess what? They got the message. Surprise, surprise. You know, you think people just are so hard-headed, they're not going to get it, but they got it. And they started working on it. They got the promise, and they started working on it, and God gave them a promise. And they said, this is good, and God gave them a promise. He says, here's the promise. He said, here's what I'm going to do for you, because now you have turned, and you're taking care of my house, and you're setting it a priority. we got to take care of God's house. we got to get God's house looking like it should be acting like we ought to act towards it. And God says, I'm going to give you this promise. The glory of the Lord will be greater in your day than it was ever before in the former day. Did you get it? He, when they got their priority and said, God's right. God is right about this. We have neglected the house of God, the priority of God, the importance of the house of God, and we've neglected it all. And all we did was take care of ourselves and think of ourselves. Let's start thinking about our God and put a priority on it again. That's why we're so disappointed. That's why we're, we've got this emptiness where our priorities are off. And God gave him a promise. The glory of the Lord will be greater in your day than it was ever before in the former days. And I believe that's what God's saying for us today. we got to raise the standard of the priority of the house of God, reverence and awe and importance. It got just, I mean, it's so easy. Just start making church important again and sacred again and reverence it again. And I believe God will give us that, that, that same promise. And you say, I'm going to come into that house and the glory that I'm going to show you in this generation will be greater than the glory I showed before as in former days. And that's revival. I hope you got that today. Till next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. 
Until next time, keep on running for revival.